podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So welcome to Macklin's Take, everyone. It is the day after the night before. I'm sure you all tuned into the fight and I'm sure you're all aware of how it went. It was a pretty unforgettable experience, really, being in that arena last night. It was an amazing experience being in Saudi Arabia all week. We've brought you some build-up and now we'll bring you a debrief. We all need to decompress a bit. None of us have had an awful lot of sleep. It was a long night. It was a late night. It was a, it was a great night. Uh, myself and Matt Macklin are joined by Tony Bellew, Carl Froch and Spencer Oliver, our Sky colleagues who were all on duty last night as well. And Spencer, I'll start with you. Yeah. you. You and Anthony go back a long way to Finchley Boxing Club. You know, the family know him really well too. It's always a pretty excruciating watch for you, being ringside and, and watching him perform. I remember watching Joshua Klitschko sitting next to you at, 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 at Wembley and um, I thought you were going to rip my arm off at one point but uh, how did you find it last night? Listen we get emotionally involved don't we when you, when you know the person you know them on a personal level you know I sort of knew Joshua really before he even started boxing so obviously knew him on a personal level so and it was one of those situations if I'm honest Andy that we didn't know if he was going to win in fact when I first got here and we saw the open workout on the Monday I thought, he's not going to be able to do this. You've got to remember the psychological battle he had to overcome as well. Like you look back to the last fight in June, and it was not the fact that he just got knocked out. He systematically got broke down round by round. And for, to overcome that, with all the added pressure on his shoulders, Anthony Joshua is different to any other fighter, as in another loss for him would have been really damaging because of, you know, because of his status, because he's really a brand he's, 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 the, he's the, the flagship of, of, of boxing not just British boxing so he had so much pressure on his shoulders and it was whether he could deliver at that level and whether he could stay out of trouble for 12 rounds um, because Rui's junior we know he's got slow feet but he's got incredible hands and it was I, I was unsure that he could stay out of trouble for 12 rounds but he proved us, he proved that he could box at that level and he could stay disciplined and what was noticeable from the first round was how relaxed he was you know, and I think what he's done there is, is he's cement, cemented his place in, in in history. As you know, whatever he goes on to do now in boxing, he's a two-time world champ. But he's sort of he's gone into that elite club of fighters that have won the immediate rematch. Um, Ali, Lennox Lewis, uh, Floyd Patterson, and now AJ, and that takes some doing. If you look at you listen to those names of people in immediate rematches, and AJ's joined that club. You know, everything else now is a bonus. For me, he's, he's already carved out his legacy. And, um, yeah, he's going to go down. He's going to be remembered as one of, one of the heavyweight greats. OK, so Carl and Tony, well, one thing that struck me in the build-up to this fight was I spoke to a lot of ex-pros pretty much from immediately after the last fight all the way through the build-up to this one. And almost everyone said to me the same thing, which was that ideally he wouldn't go straight into a rematch and that were he to go straight into a rematch, inevitably, you would have to make Ruiz the favourite. That was just what logic dictated. So it was the pressure as well as the, the need to, to make adjustments. You always need to make adjustments if you lose, obviously, but the pressure he was under was just absolutely immense. I mean, unimaginable, really, for, for almost anybody. I mean, you boxed in a, in, a, in a big, big stadium fight, but... With AJ, as, as Spencer said, he he does kind of carry British boxing on his on his shoulders. Yeah, it certainly does, and you're right. It was a massive pressure fight. Um, 
and that's that's the mark of a man how he copes with the pressure and how he comes back from it. And we we didn't know, did we? I mean, the first fight with Ruiz was was a bit of a bad defeat. It was quite devastating the way in which he got beat because he got he got knocked down after after putting Ruiz down, and then he he got caught with way too many shots, and then he was kind of forced to retire on his feet. Um, so it was a it was a bad loss, and then we we did worry how he would cope with that mentally and how he would come back from back from that. But we we saw it. We we felt we've got our answers. There was there was unanswered um, questions, and we got the answers last night. I thought that I thought that AJ just simply boxed to a to a really um, really tidy game plan. Rob McCracken um, implemented a similar game plan with me against um, Arthur Abraham after my first loss to Mikel Kessler, and that's the mark of a man. You lose a fight, it's how you come back from it, and how you look. So. Anthony Joshua has just simply shown me that he is the real deal. He still does love the sport. He's in love with boxing. And he's got the physical and mental capabilities now of, of, of reigning for a long time. Sometimes it takes a loss to realise how good you can be. You know, we, we get knocked down and we hit our rock bottom before we can build back up and use that, use that as a foundation to build ourselves up to be even bigger. And that's what this has done. Um, it's, just, it's just showed me that um, what I kind of already knew about AJ... The loss shocked me. I wasn't sure about whether the rematch was going to be so straightforward and simple. But he's gone in there, he's done it, and now we all know. We're all pleased to know that AJ is the real deal and he can do the job. Um, Ruiz, I've still got to say it. I said it last night and I didn't want to take anything off Anthony Joshua. Ruiz, for me, was disappointing. And I stand by that because he came in heavy and listened to him after the fight. Oh, I was partying too much. I should have took it more seriously. No, that's not good enough. You've got a massive weight of responsibility on your shoulders. You've got, you've got all them belts. You've got multiple world titles. You've got to defend them. You've got to defend them with pride. You've got to prepare meticulously and defend them titles. You know what I mean? And, and to say that after is not good enough. But that's taking nothing away from AJ because AJ would have probably beat a 100% on point Ruiz with that kind of performance AJ shut him out beat him up did what he had to do to get the win didn't try and please anybody and um, props to AJ for that we're all massively pleased for him and um, we look forward to the next step in his journey yeah I totally echo everything you said there I mean he, he um, it was a great performance to, 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 to box to stick to the tactics for 12 rounds to, to, to stay disciplined even when he landed hard shots on Ruiz not to get excited and go in to try and follow up because you know he's got that killer instinct where he wants to dig in and get the he's a good finisher Joshua you have to think and concentrate he had to restrain himself he had to box with a lot of self-control a lot of discipline to stick to the tactics and just and, and, and like you said credit to Robert McCracken who talked him through the fight round by round you know kept him disciplined kept him That's sticking right. to the game plan part of me wanted AJ to put five and six shots together and you know stick it on Ruiz a bit to say listen you you done me in that first fight but that's probably just me. You that's can the have, heart overruling the head again, it's isn't it? Sometimes some you've got to be more disciplined. There was times, though, when he could have put it on him. It's him with three or four just to say, hey, I'll get some of that down your throat. But the discipline was brilliant and he stuck to the game yeah. plan and he got the job done without and, taking risks. And it's difficult sometimes to stick to the game plan. You know, your heart does overrule your head. You do want to go in there and go flat, kick the finish. But I, I thought he did really well. I thought Rob McCracken was brilliant in the corner, keeping him, talking through the fight, round by round, sticking to the tactics, not, you know, veering off the, the plan. Um, Sometimes in rematches we expect fireworks, don't we? We expect an amazing night. Like, like the first one was like, so emotional, but it was, it, was, it was a real fan's favourite fight because it was mad to watch and there was plenty of punches exchanged. But some of the top fights over the years, when you, when you, I mean, everyone that built up the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, and it was a bit of a snooze fest, wasn't it? It was a shutout performance for Mayweather. And this is pretty much what we got from AJ last night. And 
That's boxing. That's just how it is. We know that. But fans, I'm getting messages saying, oh, a bit boring, bit this, bit that. I'm like, listen, no, that's boxing. It's best. Appreciate it while it's there. Yeah, he, he did what he had to do. I mean, since the, the rematch got announced, I, I, I'll be honest, I, and I said it to Ollie, I said, I, I fancy Ruiz. Just not, not because I think he's better, but just because history says immediate rematches in losses under those circumstances Styles, go the same way. But I remember I spoke to Robert McCracken. We did a podcast with Robert in the morning of the weigh-in. And he told me what they'd done in preparation, how they'd you know, knocked a lot of the strength and conditioning on the head and they focused completely on boxing, a lot more sparring, more pad work, more shadow boxing, just boxing, boxing, boxing. And they were you know, really keeping it long, controlling the range, working the jab, keeping it long. And uh, you know, when, he came, when Ruiz came in then 20, 20 stone, I thought, nah, I, think I, I fancy Joshua. I've changed my mind, I fancy Joshua. But um, I mean, it was a great performance, weren't it, Tony? I thought it was very, very good. And, and I think... The biggest thing in this is the way it will reignite the fire with AJ. I said, I think, you know, he knows. <clears throat> he can now fully appreciate where he is and how he's got there by what's happened. So, you know, since turned professional winning gold in the 2012 Olympics, everything's come so quick and all he's done is just keep flattening people time after time after time, knocking them out, lifting belt after belt, big event after big event. When you've been knocked down and, and you've lost them belts, you know, in a big, big shock, he's had to reevaluate everything, and he's had to take himself to a place where he's gone. Do you know what? I've got to, I've got to assess everything I'm doing here. I've got to, I've got to basically check myself and go right back to basics, and that's what he's done. And and by doing that, it's made him such a stronger fighter mentally, such a better fighter technically, in my opinion. And it's just given a whole new dimension to his whole game. I think you know. I thought the way he went about the approach. In, in this rematch it was massive and the one thing I said before the fight was I think the biggest difference we'll see in AJ is when he buzzes and hears Ruiz you watch he'll be patient and that will be the true test of has he learned his lesson he buzzed him in the first or second round pretty quickly with a straight right hand down the side straight right hand down the pipe and you see Ruiz feel it as soon as the cut come he was buzzed off that, off that punch that caused the cut and AJ just stood back looked at him and just shut and just nodded his head. At that moment, right then, I knew I, I had no longer no fears or concerns of how this fight was going to go. In my mind, in that point, it was won because on June the first, had AJ caught Ruiz with that right hand and cut him the way he didn't shook him up. He'd have leaped and jumped on him, and he would have done that because that's all he knows at that stage in his career. He's a fighter who's learned from his mistakes, has not repeated them, and has come back. And I just give him so much credit. I'm so happy for him. You know, I've known him a long time through them squads, uh, Carl and stuff like that, Spartan McCarby and GB and stuff. And he, he is genuinely, people always ask me, what's he like? He genuinely is the person you see on TV. He's the most genuine, nicest person you could meet. A heart of gold. And without him, me personally, as a fighter who's been in an era before him and been in an era at, while he's here, I understand what he's done for those fighters and what I've been able to earn and what I've been able to command and he is a massive part of that he is the biggest part of that you know so I'm very grateful very thankful I've been around when he's been around and, I, and I'll always support him but more importantly every other British fighter should be supporting him and I don't want to hear any nonsense of oh you know you take a wee like Andy Ruiz as well if it wasn't for Anthony Joshua mate British boxing wouldn't be mainstream right now the way it is because when was the last time you seen BMW signs at a boxing event when was the last time you seen a global boxing event 
in the desert in Saudi Arabia. Just understand where we're at right now. And just understand who's got us here. It's Anthony Joshua. So I just think I'm so happy for him, so pleased and it's uh, it's brilliant, you know, and you know, look at the coverage you guys are doing. We're in Saudi Arabia. Just shake your head and have a think about where we're at. You know, I never thought in a million years we'd be in the desert talking about the unified heavyweight championship of the world, but we are. And and he's opened up boxing to a whole other country, you know, a whole other part of the world where who knows what it can do here. Because there'll be kids who have seen him perform the way he did last night. There'll have been families, parents. He's inspiring and he's inspired another nation by what he's done last night. It's amazing. Well, well, as if by magic, speaking of the potential growth of boxing as a, as a kind of global sport of, of breaking new boundaries and going to new places in terms of the coverage and just what a, a big operation this was logistically. And we'll be hoping to get a, a quick word with some of the other Sky team too who were working behind the scenes. Uh, Adam Smith had a boxing uh, commentator was just sidled in uh, next to us. Just give us an overview of the of the week of the whole thing, really, Adam, because Saudi Arabia kind of came up on the rail late on to, to streak into the lead and, and, and get this fight. And you've been here for a week at least, and almost ten days actually. And you've been here a couple of times in the build-up too. I mean, what what has it been like? It's been an incredible experience, uh, Andy, to be honest. You know, we've covered boxing on Sky for almost 30 years and we've been all around the world in different venues with huge fights and nights and, uh, you know, different challenges to deal with. But I think, you know, this possibly was the the biggest ever. Uh, We've taken a team of almost 150 over to host broadcasts and events in Saudi Arabia, which uh, obviously, as we know, has had, um, you know, controversy around it in the past and, and still, you know, goes through with that and and we've had um we've had to deal with a number of challenges internally and uh, externally as well but what we found is on the visits here it's uh, been a um, a very hospitable um country that we've been treated you know remarkably well the uh the women uh, that I was worried about on my team, you know, and they were worried and had concerns beforehand. And we've got some uh, terrific women who have some seriously important roles in our operation. Um, they've been made to feel extremely welcome. They, uh, they've come over and uh, I'm sure they'll go back and report good things. So it's been, from that point of view, it's been a, a, a real eye-opener. Um, I expected the fight to happen in Cardiff. And um, when Eddie told me that um, Saudi had put in a huge bid and he wasn't sure whether the money was going to land, you know, there was a a couple of days there that we weren't sure what was happening. And then when it was announced, it it happened so quickly. You know, we were were very fast onto the global tour. We came here, went to New York, came back to London and uh, it was all go. And I've got to take my hats off to the incredible team that do everything, really. I mean, you know, we, we come in as... You know, you've got Tony and Carl and Spencer and, and yourself, and we often come in and uh, we do the, the, the talent side, the commentary, the, the, the punditry, and as hard as we all work, the people behind the scenes are, are just phenomenal. Um, we've had a, a, the head of operations here for a number of times, all, all his team from Sky Sports as well, but from everyone, from the engineers to the cameramen to the, the, the juniors to the assistant producers to the uh, sound men. It's been a, a phenomenal team operation uh, on the ground here in Saudi. I think everybody's adapted. Everybody's uh, been 
part of a team. It's been a team operation. Um, no stars. There's been absolutely everybody has mucked in. And I think it's been fantastic. You know, the Sky Sports News team have been extraordinary. They got here. Um, Andy Scott as well, uh, our reporter with um, Scott Drummond, who's um, you know one of our long-term cameramen. You know, they, they've been here a long, long time. And uh, the work they've put in, and, and, and then as people have come in through the week, it's been a a phenomenal sort of whole operation uh, from start to finish. You know, there's a, there was a, a, a safety and a, and a, and a health, obviously, uh, issues. You know, make sure that everyone is is fine on the ground, and that's that's been brilliant. And we've had really good support on that front. So, yeah, from behind the scenes operation point of view, it couldn't have gone any better. And of course, on the night itself, um, Anthony Joshua was um, supreme. He boxed a, a beautiful fight um, under enormous amounts of pressure and everything that he'd worked on in the gym over those few months he got it absolutely right uh, on the night it was a boxing masterclass. it was a, uh, a proof that he's uh, come of age he's matured into uh, making a, uh, a, a quite fantastic performance um, painting a picture last night I thought against a, a dangerous Andy Ruiz Jr who did disappoint who was overweight who hadn't trained hard enough but take nothing away from uh, from AJ becoming a two-time heavyweight champion and uh, putting another massive injection into British boxing. You know, he's basically carried British boxing since 2012, you know, on his shoulders. So many people have come through on the back of him. We've had so much success. We've seen Carl Frotch and George Groves at Wembley. We've seen Tyson Fury come in and win a, a, a world heavyweight title out in Germany and look what he's done. But, you know, underneath that, you've got the likes of Josh Warrington and... and um, uh, Josh Taylor come through this year with that win over Regis Progray, Callum Smith. You've got, you know, the likes of Boatsy and Kelly and all that. The women's boxing is absolutely flying with you know, Katie Taylor from Ireland and obviously huge amounts in Britain, Nicola Adams and, and uh, Savannah Marshall and, you know, everyone that's come through here. And I, I just think it's a, a terrific time for boxing. And I think AJ needed a performance like that to, uh, to really give everybody another big boost. There were a lot of question marks whether he could do it, and he silenced those critics, and it was possibly the best performance of his career so far. Hey, hey, ki- hey, kids. Hey, everybody. Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to The Desire and Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! So, Spence, in terms of... You, you've been working at Skyboxing for a long time as well, and you've been to all sorts of fights. When we were wondering about yesterday, we were wondering about the arena, uh, and when we went to the press conferences and the open workouts, and the way you're just on the grass outside there too, these are all kind of unusual locations, and you like to get off the beaten track and have a, have a good look around, and that's what you've been doing during the, course of, during the course of the week. I mean, this has been something really 
different, hasn't it? But yeah, fun, but fun. If, you, if you're an inquisitive, curious kind of person, this has been fun. Listen, Andy, we didn't know what to expect when we come here, and um, yeah, it has been really, really unique. I've got, can I just say, just before we continue this, this chat, because Cole Frotch sitting next to me has been whispering in my ear about a couple of things. I just wanted to remind people that he was the catalyst of pay-per-view boxing. He brought it back. I knew, um, I knew he, that's and, what and he was he saying. Also said, he also said that AJ is... Adam Smith and also... stadium fights. Aiden, <laughs> And I've also said that AJ um, has carried boxing since 2012. And Cole Frotch quickly reminded me in 2014 he flattened George Groves at Wembley Stadium. There's another one. That I thought we just may as well get in. I just, anyway, I wanted to I clear that up. Anyway, back, to, back to, back to Saturday. Flattens a bit um, strong. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Saudi. He's really predictable. You know, like, and, and, he's and really also, predictable. I, did, I knew that's what he was saying. I mention, he led over, and I knew that's what he was talking also, about. Also, did I mention that he wants to have a word of any earn about certain things about being a catalyst? No, but Adam, Adam for his cuts. Like, joke, Where's jokes. his drink? <laughs> joke, jokes aside. Jokes aside. Jokes aside, Adam just said that AJ's carried the, the, the weight of boxing on his shoulder since 2012. Now, obviously, he's referring to the Olympic gold medal, and it has been, it has been a bit of a burden for him to carry, but Spencer mentioned there, and we had a bit of a laugh and a joke about it, but it was 2014 when the stadium fight made history with me and Groves, and we'll laugh and joke about 80,000 fans, but that, that indeed was the catalyst for moving on no, from was, that. It was, it was. Definitely. For boxing to be, come back into the big time. And um, oh, Eddie Hearn's, we, Eddie Hearn's done a fantastic job. We had to mention it. I think Eddie should have mentioned it on his speech the other day where the prince <laughs> was present, <laughs> yeah, we, to we, be fair. We got invited to a gala on I Thursday. I the evils. Matt, Matt, me, we, we, Matt, we was invited to a gala on Thursday by the prince and Eddie... The Prince got up and gave a speech about boxing and etc. And Eddie, Eddie then got up and gave this speech. He was looking at Cole Frotch as he was speaking. He was talking about how AJ's transformed the, the sport of boxing. And Cole quickly jumped on. I need to have a word with Eddie. Don't let him know that I was actually the catalyst and I did we bring it back. Mention, didn't he we? said, and he was quite upset that he wasn't mentioned in front of the Prince. And have you had that word with him yet? Yeah, we've had a chat. It's all good, mate. <laughs> we've, we've squared things up. But no, joke, jokes aside, serious business. He's over there, Eddie, doing Back to AJ. Group, and we'll try and drag him in at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll get him in in a minute. Back to AJ. He did what he had to do, and he did it in a fantastic manner. And um, we're all so happy. And we shouldn't be grateful, because it, it is what it is. You know, AJ does his job. He gets paid well for what he does, and he enjoys the sport. But we're all part of the, the journey with him. You know, everybody benefits from AJ doing what he does. And Tony Bellew pointed it out. It, ta- it takes boxing to the le- next level, it keeps bo- boxing current and it gives other kids coming through a massive opportunity to, keep, to, to, to make something themselves in the sport, but fundamentally keeping our sport alive. And um, we're all so proud of him. I mean, it, like you say, it, he's the top of the tree, but it all spills down, doesn't it? Everyone benefits, as you said, Tony. Definitely. Can I just say... While we were all laughing and joking, then Carl is laughing because people have the wrong interpretation of Carl. And I'm sick of people stopping me on the street all the time. He's laughing and joking when he says it. So please don't yeah, jump absolutely. on this. No, he he's, it's, it's, a, he's it's a joke, <laughs> and he's laughing and joking. Okay, so don't jump at Carl Flutch. If you'd actually got to know Carl as well as I've known him for the last what decade, then you'd know he's. A, a good fella diamond and he's got a great sense of humour he just doesn't laugh enough when he says the things he says because I'm doing the laughing for him <laughs> well a few more of the Sky team have just uh, gone outside for a photo but we'll get a few of them back in we'll get Sarah back in who's our who's our director uh, we'll get Anna Anna Warhouse back over and uh, Jenny as well maybe J- Jenny 
it's basically the kind of Lara Croft of, of logistics at Sky, and this has been a this has been a big big operation. But back to my original question, Spencer, just quick because I think you need to get off. Um, it, it, from the point of view of what have you discovered about this place from behind the scenes? You know, you've been with on the on sure. the on the on the grind, really, with Fraser Dainty from Sky Sports News all week. Yeah, we've been on the ground, really, since we got here Sunday night, not knowing what to expect. And we've, we've been pleasantly surprised. We've been greeted well. Um, yeah, the hospitality's been great. Um, the event was amazing. They, they went all out on that. And, um, yeah, it was overall experience was, was something, yeah, quite unique and quite special. Really enjoyed it. And like I say, AJ, with all that pressure on his shoulders, produced the goods. He proved that, you know, he belongs up there. And he will belong up there with the heavyweight greats. And I said that as he, when he turned professional after the Olympics, I mentioned, I said, this guy will be mentioned with the likes of Lennox Lewis, Riddick Bowe, Mike Tyson. I said, these names will be up there. And now he's well on his way to that. I think what he's done there, he's took a massive step towards greatness doing that. And I think that, you know, he's got the big fights next year that could possibly happen. I think they're talking about Pulev and, you know, there's Wilder still out there and there's Fury still out there. And if we, we get those fights made, you know, we could be, it could be something quite special. But AJ, for me, is just, uh, yeah, he's cemented his place in history. And I'm so pleased, mate, uh, because we was all unsure. And I'd even, you know, we, we, we all had our doubts. And as the week was unfolding, the twists and turns, it was, you know, there was even speculation that, that Ruiz Jr. had weights in his pockets. That's why he come in so heavy. There was loads of stuff going on. There was loads of mind games going on. And um, we didn't know what to expect. Nor did AJ, but he produced the goods, and yeah, fair play to him. Okay, Sarah's just joined us. Sarah, if you just grab one of these microphones here. We're all having to share at the minute because there's far too many of us and not enough microphones. So I'll just introduce Sarah. Sarah, you won't know her name, but you will know her work because she, every shot of boxing, everything that you've seen on your screen over the last good number of years has been her work because she is the main director uh, at Sky Boxing. So how was, how was this week? How, how, how's it all been for you? Because it's a big thing bringing everybody out to a, to a different country. It, it's, a, it's a big enough deal when it's a massive outside broadcast from, from Wembley or, or, or anywhere really of a, of a show of this scale when, you, when you're familiar with your surroundings. And this is not... One thing this has not been is familiar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would describe it as mildly terrifying, um, but absolutely amazing as well. Uh, we, we came out a couple of times beforehand to try and plan it. There were a lot of people who have put a lot of effort in. And, uh, yeah, it's nothing like... Wembley had its challenges, especially when we had to do it overnight before. Um, but this has been something very different um, with lots of challenges all the way through. Any, any hairy moments? Um, quite a few, I'd say. Um, quite a few along the way. We had um, issues because we were bringing pyrotechnics out, which was uh, interesting. And then Friday probably brought our first big challenge when uh, Mike Goodall couldn't get back in to the arena after the weigh-in to put the ring in. Um, so we have a lot of people working till really late at night to make sure that all the lights are focused. Um, there are so many moving lights and things around the ring and all of our special effects. But he couldn't get back in to put the boards on the ring. So we had to try and find some boards from somewhere, put them on. That was a little bit worrying. It kind of lost us about four or five hours. Um, so we had to do that and then we had a lot of sponsors and a lot of people change the content for all the LED legs which is something we've never done before so we had a team of people there probably till about 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday um, all who had to be back in again the next day 
And then on Saturday, we were not allowed in for a little while because of just, you know, general, general security measures and checking out of stuff. So we got in probably two and a half hours later than we needed to on Saturday, um, which put us quite far behind. But uh, luckily, we've got a team of amazing people who just pulled it all out of the bag and, uh, and managed to make it work all right. So... I don't know how much I can say about this. We can always edit this. We generally don't, but um, I mean, I'm quite keen to get out of the country and quite keen to be allowed back in. But we, we did hear in the build-up that, that it's don't always... Don't go there then, don't go there. edit, definitely. This, this, this is Macklin's take, and we, 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 we fear no subject, Matthew, as you well know. <laughs> Matt, Matt looks a little we, bit worried if you could see him at the moment. I'm nearly as red as this mic. Matt, Matt, Matt regularly looks a little bit worried. Um, we did think there might be some issues with royalty shall we say yes. because they they they're in charge and what Absolutely. they want has to has to happen um, but i think from that point of view i think it was okay in yeah. terms of in terms of being free to do what you needed to do? Absolutely, I would say my, my impression before I came was that it'd be a lot harder than it ended up being. Um, I think they were very supportive, to be fair, really supportive. Um, when we needed things sorted, they were kind of there. Um, it was quite amazing to see how important they all are and their word is absolute final. So if we needed anything done, if it came from the people on high, it was sorted. So they were, they were very helpful and, and, and supportive in that way. I mean. It, you know, everyone laughed when they said that we were going to bring pyrotechnics in and we were going to bring all our own lighting people in and things like that. But they were, they were great. They were kind of like, what, what do you need? What do you want? We'll do it. And they did. Hey, everybody. This is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. Adam, a quick one to you. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of heavyweight boxing this year. We've been commentating with ringside. We've done a couple of wilder fights. We've seen him against Brazil. We've seen him look against Ortiz. Last six rounds, turns it around devastating fashion. With that performance with Joshua now, does the conversation reopen? Is it revisited? What about the wilder AJ fight and Fury in the mix? And surely they're the questions now that are going to come about. Of course it does. I mean, to become a two-time heavyweight champion with a sort of masterclass that AJ put on last night is a, a phenomenal achievement with all that pressure uh, on his shoulders. But, um, you know, the, the debate always rages on, doesn't it, about who is the best heavyweight in the world and always will, I think, when there are different governing bodies and, and different promoters and... These guys at the moment, you know, you've obviously Andy Ruiz shocked everybody in June, but Anthony Joshua still had to be uh, seen as one of the best heavyweights in the world. Tyson Fury, I've gone on record a number of times saying that I think he beat Deontay Wilder, and for me, he probably holds that position at the moment. But, you know, there's, as you said, we were in, the, uh, in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and we saw um, a brilliant knockout from Deontay Wilder, despite the fact he'd lost the first six rounds against Luis Ortiz. Wilder will believe he's the best heavyweight in the world. Fury will believe he will win the rematch, can he, uh, in February. And now does Anthony Joshua, uh, having regained the other belts, become the number one or is he one, two or three? I think we need those fights to happen, Matt. I think that um, I'd like to see Anthony Joshua go back to, uh, to London and, and have a homecoming in the spring or summer. Um, maybe take one of his mandatories like Kubrat Pulev, maybe fight someone like Dillian White, which I think will be a terrific you know, rematch as well after all their, uh, 
their beef down the years and, and the fact that Dillian's gone on to, to really good performances and now uh, can get on with his career as well, which I think is really important. But, you know, we wait and see what happens with Fury and Wilder, you know, set for February the 22nd. But, yeah, now you are seeing and hoping and looking forward to those fights again, the big fights with AJ Wilder and Fury. That mix to find out really is... Who is the number one? And I see Eddie Hearns joined us, so maybe we'll push him on that, Matt. Yeah, I was just going to say Eddie's joined us, and uh, I don't well, think I don't know what Adam was talking about. I, I think we already know the number one is. I, I don't think I've saw ever it seen last night. I don't think I've ever seen Eddie Hearn as hyped as he was <laughs> last night in that ring when he was on cloud nine, and it was like after every round, like first round was like that was a good round, did really well there, Josh, and then three rounds, that's three nil, five five nil, and I think he lost like the sixth or something like that, and then seven one eight one. And I run over to you guys, I think, after the 10th round. You go, just want to make sure, like, he's winning every round, isn't he? And you guys are like, yeah. And uh, it was just a masterclass performance. Uh, probably a performance that you wouldn't expect from Anthony Joshua. Not just in terms of the style, but in terms of the ability to use his legs like that. Control the distance. And that's something, like I said, if you set him a task, he's a very regimental guy. And that's why he's been so successful. That's why he loves boxing. And when he puts his mind to something, he can actually execute it and make it happen but to use his feet like that in a way that he hasn't really used them before under that much pressure I think that's the key now it's not just that he turned up like if he had a box like that at Madison Square Garden on June 1st everyone would have gone great performance but oh we expected him to come in and it's, it's overcoming it mentally and putting in that performance I think that's what was so impressive and I, I won't say I doubted him but I was just worried that can he can he switch on and can he do this for 12 rounds? That's what In the third and fourth round, that was my worry. Can he really do this for 12 rounds? Because he'd sting him, and you see his face like as if to go, oh, I want to jump on him. And then Rob and Matt, I was like, no! He had to show a lot jab. of self-control, yeah, 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 a lot of yeah. strain, a lot of discipline to stick to the tactics and box to instructions. I thought, it, as you just said, an impressive performance. Not just the boxing performance, but how he overcame all the psychological demons. Matt, I think arguably the most impressive performance of his entire career. Mm. When you factor in exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. when you factor in the pressure. pressure and all of that and, and I can see why Eddie believes now he's straight back at number one, but he did have the loss in, in, in the garden in June. You know, there are still questions to be answered against Fury and Wilder and those fights I just feel The thing is though, Adam, you, there's no resume even close to Anthony Joshua's. I agree like, with you. Like, the fact if you look at Wilder, beaten. Wilder has beaten Luis Ortiz and basically lost to Tyson Fury, right? That's it. He has no other relevant victories on his record, not one, right? If you look at Tyson Fury, on paper, he beat Vladimir Klitschko on points, and he drew with, with um, Wilder. But we all know he really beat okay, Wilder. Okay, yeah, but tell me another fight, impressive victory. On his resume. No, listen, I, I don't, it's I, still an argument, isn't it, Eddie? No, it's an argument, it is, it's an it argument is, until you, Joshua fights. I feel like through. no one's looking at Joshua after 24 fights. Break it down. Like I've done it a million times in interviews and actually looking at it on paper and going, the run. Like There hasn't been a Tom Schwartz. There hasn't been an Otto no. Wallin. Do you know what I mean? There no, hasn't agreed, been, agreed. The there hasn't has been, been a Bromaine Stavern. There hasn't been the gimmies. Yeah, they've all been proper competitive fights. There's been a run and it's I, I, been excellent. Well, he answered all of them, I think. I mean, you know. Yeah, of course he does. But he needs that for his own legacy, you know. Um, Rob Sorry, McCracken. Anna. Hi, hi everybody. Well, yeah, welcome, the party. All right. Um, Rob McCracken came over to us um, just before um, 
we all came back after after the fight and he just said um, Anthony was prepared for this one he didn't feel like he was prepared for New York but he was ready ready for this for this fight and that was the difference mentally like you just said he put the demons to bed and he was in the right place and that was a huge difference from last night oh, there, was, there was no doubt his mental preparation was always going to be spot on I mean he, he, the last time in New York his focus was not on Andy Ruiz it, you know there was he, I mean, I he, was, he said to me last night that after the fight, he said, "You was know, was he emotional I, last night afterwards?" Yeah, he was in the ring. Like he said, "No, it was just the energy." But like, he was there's such a huge sense of relief, massive relief. And, like he's been sending me things this morning, like voice notes, where you can tell, like it's not the kind of normal things he'd say, like on a <laughs> like on what? a Sunday morning. Like just, what? just like, like we did it, you know. Yeah. And he, he's very, like he his way, he has so much class. So what he's done this morning is, I know he would have done it. He's voice noted all the people on his team to say, "Well done, you." Do you know what I mean? So, like, he came to me and said, can't believe what you've done. You know, you put this on. We've done it again and again. We've changed boxing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you do. It's like, I went back and said, no, mate, you did it. <laughs> you went in the ring. You're the only one. But he would have done it to Rob. He would have done it to Freddie. He would have done it. And that, that's the... But he said to me last night, he went, you know, in New York, he went, you know, when I gave Andy Reese the belts, he goes, I was just, I was just tired of, of it, of it. Do you know what I mean? Not even like, just... He looked a bit numb. Yeah, I just think he lost all emotion for the yeah. sport because it was like, he got a load of criticism about... emotions a bit with this. Yeah, but I think he got the criticism for not fighting Wilder, which really wasn't his fault at all. You know, I don't believe they wanted the fight, but still, the promotions, us and PBC and the egos, and it's not AJ's fault. It's, you know, we're trying to make the fight, but it don't happen. And he got a lot of stick off that. And I think, in the end, he's fighting Ruiz and he gets stick for Ruiz. He's like, I just can't win. Like, I just don't even really want to do this anymore. And then he lost, and he's like, do you know what? I, I, I really want this back. I know this isn't a simple answer before I ask the question, but what about the Wilder fight now? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a must. Now? It's always been a must. Now, we said before, I said, this was, I said, we may never get the chance to make it for an undisputed title if we don't do it now. This was after Povetkin, and they ignored us. They just ignored us. And it may, when it happens, it may not be an undisputed fight because we have to see what happens with the belts. But it's not the end of the world. It's just a monstrous fight. But he has to fight the winner of Wilder Fury. Like, it's just... And he, he, he will not be happy till he does because he wants to test himself. What, what are the biggest hurdles in making that happen? Just in your really um, Wilder's delusion, I think, really. You know, I mean... But Wilder's gone from making two or three million to making 15 million because of the swing of the market. You know, in the entry of DAZN, where DAZN came in, offered him a huge deal, and Heyman had to stand up and match it. Like, he's not worth that. He just sold six or 7,000 tickets for his last fight. He did about 100,000 pay-per-view buys. This is not stuff that fans want to hear, but I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. So, Joshua has been, and will always be, the big star. But when we were negotiating well, does before... Does it not make the two of them to make the fight? Yeah, yeah, no, but when we were negotiating before, Matt, he didn't deserve 30%, in my opinion. After him, 60-40. He should have bit our absolute hand off for that. Now you have to, you do have to look at a 50-50. because he is. Although he's nowhere that's near the what draw, it's take, isn't yeah, it, it will. To make the fight. And it's the same with Fury. You know, Fury wins. Fury would never take anything less than 50-50. He wouldn't take less than. I offered Fury 60-40. He said no. He didn't even have a belt. This was pre-Wilder. Nope. I know my value. I'm 50-50 or nothing. I'm like, you're not on this. But that's just what you're dealing with. And in the end, you either have to go, okay, or walk away. And last time, we walked away. Next time. Next time, we may have to do it. And there'll become a point in AJ's career when he'll say, all right, it's the wrong deal, but I want the fight. And the fans want the fight. 
and I'm going to make the fight. And it's a brilliant fight, blimey. I mean, God, blimey. I mean, anything could happen in that fight. If last night was exciting, imagine Joshua Wilder. So, so last night you said how blown away mm. everyone was with the fight being here. They want more big time boxing here. You know, the boxing fans won't want to hear this, but mm. could that fight end up here? Of course, of course. They can do anything they want here. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, last night Canelo was here, Khabib Furin, Pacquiao's in. They all want to fight here. You know, and I think what, what they showed last night was the atmosphere was great. You know, there's a lot of people waiting to go, oh, it was empty seats. Oh, there was no atmosphere. You know, like... We had rain, Eddie. I know. I heard I know. Darren Barker said to me when we were walking back last night, he said that it hasn't rained on a Saturday in seven years. Really? In Saudi? Seven yeah, years. I know, I know. Of all I was the just, I haven't seen a cloud in the sky all week. And I, I was know. walking... I got there last night and then I've turned up and they're like, just to you let you know... You were on the right side of the ring, though. You were dry. Yeah, was, we were on warm. the commentary yeah, yeah. side and the rain was blowing in at one point. <laughs> I was crouched down ringside with my coat over my head trying to protect the barnet. But it's almost really like that's part of the madness of what are we even doing in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It was the biggest canopy I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I still got soaked down the back. for that, thank God. <laughs> but I just, like last night, afterwards, you know, they were coming up to us saying, Look, you have to understand, I think you've just changed things forever for sport in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, whoa. You know, and I'm, we got so much stick for coming here. And look, no country's perfect. And of course they've got their problems. But you can only ever take it on face value. And I don't believe there's one person that's come on this trip or a fan or anything that could genuinely say anything. On, you know, I hope, Anna, you've enjoyed your experience. I know that some people Do you know what? were, 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 it's were been, in a bit it's of been, a bubble. It's been you know different. I mean? like, it has yeah. been a really different experience this yeah. week. Sometimes it's been, I think it's fair to say, a little bit testing because we're just not used to that no. environment. But last night as an event, yeah. you, you, you can't no. rumble at all. But it even was like the brilliant. things... You know, like the no alcohols, quite a strange thing. Where I've quite not, enjoyed the detox. Yeah, same here. But I've actually I've lost about half a stone. <laughs> I was about to say, but, but, but you've I, lost yeah, but I think I think um, you take <laughs> it for right, granted, Matt, you don't, don't you? Really, sometimes. No, Matt, you don't drink anyway. But I don't really drink that much. But I quite like a beer. You know, after a workout or you go for dinner or. But you a know glass what? When you can't wine. have it, you want one even more. Yeah, I know. We were all Especially back when last you try going, oh, a non-alcoholic one, like I had the a Holston non-alcoholic lager. Oh my god, that puts you off for life. But I must say, after AJ's win last night, I went back to the change room. I was like, "Oh, is there a, oh no, you know." It's just, yeah. So, and I think you sometimes forget that the truth is, the atmospheres in the UK are generally built out of a night out. People going out, having a couple of pints, and having a laugh. But last Sweet night, Caroline showed, wasn't yeah, just exactly. the same, was it, it? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, I was listening to it in the in the change room. I was like, buh, 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 you know. So, but is it is. You it's can, been the first you, event, the first pay-per-view we've done that I could actually hear. Yeah, yeah It was yeah, lovely. So, yeah, I could yeah. hear the whole gallery because yeah. I have lots of people talking to me in my ear. And normally, it's so loud. Yeah. The crowd are so but loud. That, they're singing and I can't hear The British public have made that, though. Like they're, they're the envy of the world because when I'm in America, they're, they're just like, oh, you British fans are unbelievable. And we can't just look. I, I said before, this sport is so dangerous. The fighters need to make as much money as they can. But we also got to understand that our core market is the UK. And that win last night was so big for the UK because AJ is British boxing. You know, people don't realise. Yeah, can, yeah. I, can I ask, if you are going to come back here, um, what, what, what things would you change, do you think, to make it even better? Um, Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. 
each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits. Maybe like accessibility for, for British fans. Like I feel like... How many of we, them were there last 4, night? There's 4,000 Brits, but that doesn't mean they all come from the UK. So many from Dubai, Bahrain, expats. You I know, met Abu a few Dhabi. of the way in that were working so re- out here. Yeah, I reckon... I reckon there was probably 2,000 flew from the UK or a bit more and the rest... Which is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think we didn't control the tickets and we didn't control the visa situation. And I think next time, I think there needs to be a little bit more clarity and and understanding about how it's all done. But it was a learning experience for everyone, especially then. I mean, you know... um, and I've eaten enough hummus and Lebanese bread to last me a lifetime. But you know what as well? The British fans are so educated and they're so demanding that it's like... They're spoiled, but you know, really. Yeah, but you know what? They were going to be last night. Uh, what was the fight? Uh, oh, I might think it was Dillian White against Marius Weck. Oh, they were going to me. This is unbelievable. I'm like, it's, it's actually a lot better than I thought it would be, but it's not really heavyweight fight of the year. Like, through seven rounds, they're going, oh, we've never seen anything like this. I'm going, cool. I like it over here. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't get any stick. So I actually uh, was going to say that last night, but um, when we came off your interview with yeah. Andy Scott, that this is probably the first time in an arena you've not been booed. It's quite nice. Yeah. This yeah. is Legend why again. you want to come back. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was. People coming up to me, but they, 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 and that's what I say about coming in when people say Saudis who will come up to you and say, "Can I just say thank you so much for coming to our country and bringing boxing here?" Like. You know, everyone's got an ego and it does feel nice rather than just getting booed out of the arena for people to say thank you for your work and, you know, for coming in. So, listen, they're, they're, they couldn't be happier and they want to know what's the next steps? How do we keep progressing? And that progression comes not just from bringing mega fights to the region, but an investment into grassroots to actually try and grow the sport. They're talking about boxing in schools, amateur boxing clubs being set up trying to put a system in place to actually improve fighters and grow professional fighters in Saudi as well so that's as important as just bringing the mega fights here what's the next 12 months look like for Anthony Joshua well we've got like the vultures are out already so you get the letters from the governing bodies saying right Pulev's next right Usyk's next so the first thing is to go to the governing body and say right who is historically next and I think that's the IBF Um, and whoever goes first goes first so he will have to deal with Pulev and Usyk I think Usyk will possibly fight Chisora in the meantime. Uh, and then Would that be for a vacant title or just interim maybe interim or something like that? Spot. I don't know. You know um, and then I think um, I think Pulev's likely to be next for AJ and we'll have to see where that's going to be. be great for him to come home. Spurs we've spoken to. I think we'd love to do a fight at their new stadium as well. Obviously, they don't want us to leave here. You know, he's got some demons to exercise at Madison Square Garden as well. Like I say, everybody's all over him again. You know, it was the broadcasters. Oh, we knew he'd win. I said, no, you didn't. You know, so you've got to, just like when things aren't going your way, you've got to ride the crest of the wave. Same when they are going your way. And you've got to capitalise on things for your client when they are going your way. And right now, he's absolutely golden again. 
But again, I know I'm coming back to it, but this is what people are going to want to hear. Assuming the Pulev fight happens, assuming he gets through yeah. Pulev, is the, is yeah, the it has first to, it has fight to. that we want to see. But we can't do any more than we've done originally. And now they're supposedly got two fights to, to take. One on February 22nd and then a rematch. So again, if we fight Pulev and Usyk, it doesn't really affect us. But we would be more than willing to take on the winner of that fight. Unquestionable. So I did say five minutes, Eddie, and I've yeah, we I know, kept you about, that, about yeah, 15, yeah. but, you know. What? Eddie Hearn, go on 15 know, minutes, but yeah, you want to score five? What? He's in the van today, though. I think you're doing the UK media in about an 5 hour and a half. But I've got to go. I was supposed to see Josh 23 minutes ago, but, yeah. 23 minutes ago. He's only the, he's only the unified heavyweight world champion, Andy. <laughs> he can wait. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> he probably needs a rest. He probably I'm going to hand the mic to Dave Colbert. <laughs> yes, please do that. <laughs> Cheers, Ed. So, Dave, good to see you. We were, we were inside with you last night and I had a quick chat with you on the Sky podcast when we'd finished and, and your voice was breaking. You were misty-eyed and, and it, was, it was that kind of night. It was that kind of night. We've been talking with, with all of the people we've, we've had on um, today, Eddie as, as well as Tony Bellew and, and uh, Matt, Carl Froch, uh, Spencer Oliver, all talking about how... AJ winning last night was so important for British boxing, and you had a you had a young lad on the card, Hopi Price, and I guess when you've got someone at the start of their career, you know how important it is for him boxing on that bill that the big man at the top of the bill wins. That's exactly right. When you've got a kid that's one and zero. I'm sorry, what, Dave? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're talk- She's been tormenting me all morning about this. Um, it's, it's I don't think you was at a big fight last night. <laughs> Can you two shut up? <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. You know, you, you've got a kid there as one and all, and the pressures of him performing on that event are massive. But then afterwards, I can't just relax because he's there because of Anthony Joshua. If Joshua doesn't win, then nights like that don't happen again and, and my fighters don't get to experience that again. It's so important in, in the development of our, our next generation of fighters to sample the big events, the bright lights, the, the, the world's media on them, to build them as fighters. And it was imperative that he, that he won last night and, and people don't get that. I'll tell you what impressed me about Hopi this week as well, though, was, was just how kind of switched on he was to the whole thing. I, I chatted to him at the press conference and... And I said to him, well, how is this for you? Because you were very, very well-travelled as an amateur. Is this kind of that... Is this as unusual for you as people might think? And he just said no, basically. He's not complacent or, or full of himself by any stretch, but he just seemed very at home with the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah, we say that he's got, um, he's got ice in his veins. He's such a cool character in the gym before sparring sessions. Well, I took him out to um, Freddie Roach's gym. And we walked in there, and it was, it was you know, day one, he sparred people like Taka Khan. He sparred some good fighters. He, he, he just takes it all in stride. He doesn't get nervous. He, a ring's a ring to him. And um, the occasion and everything, it, I thought the occasion might have got to him, but it didn't. I mean, he just takes, he literally is the coolest kid that I've ever worked with. I remember um, when I was working with Adam Booth and, and Haymaker, George Groves is, was the coolest kid I've seen in a changing room. I remember before the DeGale fight, me and Adam were talking. I think Adam, Adam looked at George in between of one of his little warm-up sessions on the pads. And he says, you all right? And George just looked at me and went, 
I'm alright, you alright? He says, you two look more nervous than me. Well, Hope is a kid like that. Hope is just, he's got, he's got ice in his veins. We, um, backstage, what people might not know, when you're a live float, you can be told that you're on, and then you're not. I know. And then <laughs> that makes it doubly hard when yeah. it's such a big pay-per-view like last night, because you've got to deal with that, and you've also got to deal with knowing that you're going on such a huge stage. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we, we were gloved up, we were warmed up, because there was the al Qatari fight, I think it was on, and um, we were told if this fight goes goes early where you're on and so we were warming up you have to warm up in case you're on and then they came and they said no stand down you're not on um, I asked how long it's going to be are you about, uh, the earliest you could go on is an hour, and t- an hour and 15 minutes took his gloves off everything let him relax and um, that's that's part of backstage you know and then, then we got to about 15 minutes later I said well, come, put your gloves back on just in case something happens and, and we end up getting them back on and we were just warming up and then um, Gary came in and he said listen he says this one looks like you're going on Melina's down a couple of times looks, looks like so then all of a sudden he started thinking okay it's, it's for real now and then they came in and told us we're on and, and he just took it in his stride it, it wasn't any difference to him whatsoever yeah and it was nice and sharp I, 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 I can totally appreciate what it's like to be a float because it happened to me a few <laughs> times and twice it worked out absolutely brilliant where yeah. I came on bang on a slot just before the main event yeah. and another time it happened I was uh, Hatton McGee at the float I was, I'd been warmed up from 7 o'clock yeah. I ended up boxing at about half 11 after Hatton McGee I had no snap left I yeah. didn't even hit the pads I just said come on let's just go in and do it and <laughs> you know, luckily I was boxing an opponent opponent and I got yeah. the knockout but I just had no snap in me so it, it, it can work it can work out well or it can you know not be so good being a float but he, <laughs> I thought he did really well oh I did I'm, I'm over the moon with him because no, once we, once you get the go that you're on, and he just you know he's doing that ring walk. That ring walk was long last night. I mean, I don't know how, how people saw it on the TV. There was a long tunnel before you got to the actual entrance for the arena, and then you, get, you know you, you're seeing the stadium, you're seeing the, the lights, and he went in there performed brilliant. I'm so happy with him. You know, the kid, the kid that boxed 12 and six. It's, I hope he's only had one fight. You know, he's 19 years old. I'm going to take my time with him. He's not going in with any killers yet. He's going to learn about himself as a man develop a bit of strength and um, and just just like last night soak up experiences like night or last night that's going to build him as a fire I mean, we've had so many big fights over the last few years where Anna would you say that that one ranked amongst them it's definitely definitely up there for me I still think AJ Klitschko is still going to be my sort of one of the best things I've ever done in my career but last night was so special it was really different, I think, for all concerned. Not fighters, people watching it, being here, the event. It was so different. But the actual night itself was brilliant. Love being part of it. And what about working here all week? Have you found it? Oh, with you? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Awful. What do you mean? Do you know what? It's, I, I think not about Saudi, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> it, it, again, I keep, I keep a piece of myself. But it's different, isn't it? Because I think... When we normally go away, so when we were in Vegas recently for KSI Logan Paul, when you do have a bit of downtime, which actually LA, this week was. we've... Sorry, where were we? LA. Sorry, I'm so tired. <laughs> LA, that's where <laughs> we were. Come on. Yeah, 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 sorry. Um, oh, my God. Um, when you, you do you get... You deserve a, this for giving me sick about my voice. Sorry, what, Dave? Um, when you do get a bit of downtime, you can wander out, can't you, and have a look around... Because we've been here, you, there's not a lot to do, is there, for us? So it's very much been work, hotel, work, hotel. And it has been full on, but that's part of it, and that's that's why we love it as well. So we've just been joined by 
maybe the most well-travelled member of the boxing press, the Phileas Fogg of the boxing press, Coogan Cassius of IFL TV. (laughs) It's a historical reference. Uh, So how... Do you even know who Phileas Fogg is? Of course he does, of course he does. Who do you think I am? I'm actually probably older than most, apart from Dave. Cheers for that. Andy. How old are you? Same age. You're obviously, what, 28? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. So you've been here before? I've been here, I was here a month ago. And Tyson Fury was in the WWE. How's it kind of changed in, in the... In, in three the, weeks. But did you come here for the Super Series final yeah, as did, well? Yeah, but that was in Jeddah, so that wasn't here in Riyadh. So and was that a very different experience? You were here for the WWE, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was saying the only time I've come before that was last year for the World Boxing Series final. I haven't noticed massive differences between being in Jeddah and here. There probably are, but that was a good experience there. It's just the crowd on that night was a little bit different to the one that was there last night. Because I was told, and I don't know how accurate this is, but you weren't allowed to dance in Jeddah. That's what I was told. I don't know if that's true or not. So, obviously, there's no alcohol, clearly. You can't dance. Are you a big dancer, Coogan? No, but you can't sway. I'm a swayer. <laughs> you can't you know, sway. Like, what, what if he's winning? I'm a swayer. I'm a head, nut, head nutter and a, t- a foot tapper. Yeah, exactly. A foot tapper, <laughs> head dancing. swayer. But I wasn't sure if you could do this because everyone was literally just sitting there watching it like they were watching the theatre. So the atmosphere was very different to what was in the arena that night to what was we saw last night because everyone was kind of getting involved last yeah, night when yeah. the tunes come on. They, they got involved in the AJ fight more than I thought they would. Yeah, they the did, atmosphere yeah. was much better that, than I was yeah. expecting. No, absolutely. I mean, play Sweet Caroline anywhere <laughs> and it's hard not to get involved. But no, it was a difference. The difference in between those two events was... The atmosphere of the crowd was a lot. I mean, there were parts of the night where it was stone cold silence. Yeah, but I don't think the rain helped with that. No. Can you believe it rained in the desert? Can't no, believe was, it that, was, that was incredible. When when we were getting reports early evening that there might be thunder and lightning, and, and we were talking about the potential running order and what fights might go where, and then there was talk of if there had been lightning, obviously you have an hour afterwards where it has to be clear where nothing can happen. And we didn't know where we were going to be presenting from, whether we were going to be in our position which was ringside or whether we were going to have to go backstage because if the rain was on, whether the fights were going to be going on in the ring. And these are all the things that we have to contend with, which, which we love and is all about live TV and that's why we love our jobs. But it was that, that's another aspect that made this whole experience. It did, it did. It, I, I did think when I got there yesterday that, that, that something weird was going to happen because it just seemed to be that kind of, that kind of vibe. And, what, and it's all weird, a, what weirdness? What I don't level of weirdness are you I'm doing not, I'm not entirely sure. I was, I, was, I was ready for anything, to be honest. But um, when I heard that there was a possibility of lightning, I thought, oh, no, that lightning in the desert, that's, def- that's weird. Uh, so that would have been that would have been the thing, and I suppose. But, but also, luckily, it didn't happen. Also, there was a there was a threat of the wind with the big screens above the ring. We got told backstage that, that um, they were expecting high winds because um, they, they said, "Oh, the rain's going to clear up. It's going to stop raining, but the high winds are coming, and if it reaches a certain uh, speed." Then um, the big screens they're not safe, so they're going to have to stop the boxing. And they were talking about dropping all the fights apart from AJ and things like that. We had all sorts being told backstage. So again, that's another thing that, that the undercard fighters had to contend with. There was a brilliant moment when I look back at the um, 
all the commentary from around the world and there was Darren Barker and Jim Rosenthal in their um, white Pac-A-Mac Pagool <laughs> things and mm. Darren just had his ears poking out thumbs up going what are we doing what is going on it was do you know what when you look from when Eddie Hearn did that press conference in London with Omar obviously from Skills Challenge from that moment we knew nothing about this event didn't know literally how it was going to pan out whether the arena was going to be ready it's literally just we're being told an idea Joshua Ruiz is happening in Saudi get on with it but if you look to that point which was like four months ago three and a half four months ago to last night they've done pretty well getting Beginning everything October, done they started building that yeah of course and I think you probably have, everyone had problems behind the scenes and that but the event did happen it did take place and yeah I thought it was good it's, it's different it could have been Cardiff Cardiff Saudi similar things you know with a view to to uh, AJ though, you've you've been on that train right from the start because he started his pro career in in 2013 and and IFL was was established by that point and you were going here there and everywhere so you would have been to correct me if I'm wrong every single one of his fights. Yeah, so my first interview with AJ was nine months before the Olympics, so it would have been the back end of 2011. Uh, I think I've only missed one fight of his. That's when he fought Dennis Baktov because I was at a, another fight. I think I was at um, Andy Lee's fight with uh, Matt Korobov, actually. And Amir Khan was fighting Devin Alexander on, on the same weekend. Uh, that's the only fight I've missed of AJ's. Oh, no, actually, no, two fights I've missed. I've missed the Klitschko fight. I weren't at that either, was I? Did you? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. You were. You, you, yeah, was I? You were persona non grata, weren't you, with Team Klitschko? Burnt Bonte. Oh, yeah, I remember, of course. Yeah, your anyway. yeah, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> so, two. Two out of 24. Tell, tell us that again. What? <laughs> Can't hear you, Mac. <laughs> tell us that again. What? It's cracking up. So, how have you... Details. Have you, we need more details. Come on, details. you might as well tell him. What's it we Coogan made sulked for his toys out of the plan, wrote a few <laughs> tweets to Burnt Bonte, and uh, didn't end up going, watching it around Adam Booth's house, actually. Yeah, which was, which was nice, obviously, but... No, it was one of them things. Like, literally the biggest fight we've had in the last 10 years here, yeah. But, yeah. We're, we're pausing, that means you've got to keep talking. More, more. There's nothing more to say. <laughs> like, like what, 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 did, what did you say about him? No, I can't repeat it on here. This, is, this, this wouldn't go out. Do you want me to repeat what I said? Because you definitely wouldn't yeah. put it out. This is well, we'll say know, it and we'll, we'll uncensored. Right. Meet a Macklin on no, because Anna's here and she's a female. I'm de- I've definitely heard you say some rude things before, so that's fine. I won't spontaneously combust. It's fine. All right, so I, I can't, I can't say. Can oh, you cover her face? Because I can't. I look the other way. This on. is horrendous, and it's in Saudi. This is horrendous. Yeah, what I'm about to say, by the way, uh, he's going to get nicked. <laughs> no, no, the you say anything, Rifle. You tell, you tell right. us not to censor ourselves. I told Burnt Bonty who's actually like six foot five, I said, listen here, you silver-haired little midget, go and suck my prick. Hugan, <laughs> that's disgusting. You wanted it. I was angry. That I was young. As, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, actually, given, given the build-up you gave. That was horrendous. I was expecting a lot worse. <laughs> and <I'm> disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, that was part one of three tweets. What part two, then? I don't remember. But... Uh, no, that was that's not good behaviour. So he had your, he had your bar. I shouldn't show show. any any human that at all. You missed a good night. It was what? You missed a good night. I know I heard. <laughs> anyway, with regard anyway. to with regard to um, Anthony's journey and the fact that you've observed it at, at close quarters, I mean what's it 
looking at it through your eyes, I mean, how's it been? Have you seen many changes in him? Have you? Do you know what? I don't think it's necessarily him. I think that since Dylan White, I think we kind of noticed a commercial change. We saw kind of a popularity change, a lot of changes, but it's not through him. It's just how big he's become. And I think that Dylan White fight, which was his first pay-per-view fight, wasn't it? That he had, what, four or five years ago, whenever it was. I think from that point, we've seen kind of a, a rise. I don't think a change in him. I just think that he's... Put it this way, I used to just be able to phone him and go, right, I'm, and tell him I'm coming down the gym. Right, I'm coming down the matchroom gym today. All right, see you there, blah, blah, blah. Watch him train, do an interview, and go on. Like now, it's like... I've got obstacles in my way that I have to go through people, which is how it is now, which is fine. I get on really well with Freddie Cunningham and Andy Bell, who are brilliant from uh, Soapbox and that. So, but yeah, it's just, I think but, the level has become, I it's think just, that's just, just a, a, a natural progression, isn't it? The bigger you get, the more people want to see yeah. it. Where, yeah, I mean, yeah. where do you draw the line? I've got, I say you can come whenever you want, but then, you know, yeah, Dave's going to say, managing, what about me? You, 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 where do you make exceptions? You know what I mean? So I think it's, you probably have to try and make that blanket, uh, barrier so to speak of course but um, I know Eddie Earn always waffles on about 24 fights and lists his opponents in literally every interview but it is so true like that is what he says is actually very true his resume after 24 fights considering that like I said back to back world title fights as well what for the last 10 fights at least it, it is it is you have to applaud it and to come back from what was in Eddie Hearn's world today was a humiliating night at Madison Square Garden. Not a lot of people backed him to do this. I don't know, I was speaking to a lot of people in boxing that were backing Ruiz. And what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Instagram Live. Oh, all right. No, it's not Instagram Live, it's a story. Is it a boomerang? Because we know you love a boomerang. I have, do you know what? I have not. <laughs> I have not boomeranged in a while. <laughs> you did a boomerang with me once. I've done a boomerang with you. You wanted to be in my boomerang. I, I, you haven't asked me since though, so I must have not done it right. No. Um, but yeah, listen, last night wasn't the most compelling fight that we've seen from Anthony Joshua, but from a tactic. But do, you know, do you know what? It probably wasn't the most compelling, but I think it was the most impressive because of the changes and what he did. Yeah. The things that he showed in there. No, he showed that he can Maturity. faint. He showed he can faint. Yeah. He showed he can step to the left and step to the boxing, right. You know? uh, His brain. legs were great. His discipline was there. I, I think it was a, such an impressive performance. You know what you, you're listing there about his, his opponents and what he's done in 24 fights? He's been learning on the job because he didn't have an extensive amateur career. No, and to, He's been learning on the job. And to have trained and worked on a certain game plan for day in day out for 10 weeks but then to go and execute it under all that pressure and, and to start to box with discipline and self control not to get dragged into the fight when you know the rush of blood to the head you get excited and you go in for the kill like you did in New York but to stick to the tactics stick to the plan and just keep it long and box I thought it was really impressive look, look what he's done right since he suffered that defeat yeah straight after the fight didn't do what Andy Ruiz no, did exactly. yesterday yeah. and uh, Manny Robles and they did come up with a few excuses not didn't make one excuse after that fight. Literally put his head down, started camp whenever he started camp, didn't start talking about Furies and Wilders, etc., which is half the media's fault because they're frying in the questions. Didn't even cut his hair. Just literally went in there last night, 
got his belts back and now like yeah. I said he, he kind of that period that six month period he done everything made a few subtle changes in camp trimmed down a little bit it's just he done everything perfectly to yeah. get them belts back last night you've got, you've got to give him credit for that yeah 100% it reacted how it reacted how you had to react to what had happened you know we, we talk about a loss isn't the end of the world if you learn from it he showed there that he learned from that loss you know he made the changes and then he went and corrected it Another interesting thing um, about the the last couple of weeks as well, and because he was there last night, it's worth a mention. Is uh, had a quick chat with Chisora after the after the final bell, and Usyk's been around this week and was asking him whether that that fight's going to happen him against Usyk, and he said that it looks like it'll probably be March time. I mean, the heavyweight scene really is is it's just flying, isn't it? Because we'll have to wait and see what's next for for Dillian White, but but Chisora Usyk. I'm all over that. That's a brilliant fight. It's a brilliant. It's a brilliant fight for for Usyk. Um, you know, he can he can really make a name for himself in the division because obviously we all know what Derek brings. We all know what Derek's done in the past, and right now he's in, he's in great form. Um, so if Usyk can go in there and do a job on Derek Chisora, he's, he's arrived in the division. For Derek, you know, he's gonna he's gonna. Ask a lot of questions of Usyk. With you know, he's he's, he's not going to try and box him. He's not going to be cagey. He's not going to be, you know, defensive. And he's not going to respect anything about Usyk. He's just going to jump on top of him, and he's going to have to let his hands go. And we're gonna, you know, we're, we're going to get a great fight no matter what. We're going to get a great fight in that. From a media point of view, that'll be a lot of fun. I think the build up to that fight, it'll be a bit like Usyk Bellew in, in in terms of you've got two characters who. Who know how to engage with the press? Who know how to give you? I think the build-up yeah. would be would be great. I know, I know Derek can be a little bit unpredictable when he's dealing with the press, but but generally speaking, there's the, there are very few dull moments. Do you know what? Chisora baffles me every day. I see him literally. <laughs> What's I've been... the cane? Is he actually hurt his toe? Is he what? Chisora's walking around with a cane. No, I think that's a fashion item. Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. I'm assuming, Dave. I, I bumped into him in Sheffield when he went up to see Joshua. Um, I, I'd been at the EIS and I was just coming out. <laughs> First of all, I saw from outside the glass windows, I saw Fraser Clark coming. And I just looked, I went, oh, it's Fraser. And I looked at, and I saw this guy, this guy next to Fraser. I actually thought it might have been Fraser's dad because I saw this guy with a walking stick and a hat on and he's walk, it's not until he's walked in close to me and I said, oh it's Derek and he's got, he had this walking stick then I said to him, I said, what's the matter, what's with walking stick and he's like, and it was a bit confusing because he said, oh, um, I've hurt I've my knee and I was all right, but then, but then <laughs> But then, so basically, it was a fashion no, thing, a and he got embarrassed because you listen, thought, "What's over yeah, I'm an evil, evil, evil. I told you, so I think he I just likes it. The way, and I think the first thing I said to him was, "Are you all right? What have you done?" And that's when I think he said he hurt so, his toe. So he all right, so he told a toe to you. He told a knee to you. He's probably told his hip to you. Yeah, he's definitely. So he says he's hurt his knee, but then I said to him, "What are you doing here?" He goes, "I'm, I'm gonna do a couple rounds with Josh." I went, "What? With a bad knee?" So, no. it's I think he's fashion. looked at the cane yeah. in a shop and just thought, do you know what, I could rock that. Yeah, that's, that's what's happened. 100%. 100%. I mean, uh, so before I answer this question, I don't know how long we've got and I don't want to open a can of worms, but I mean, not a can of worms, but it's just a, a, a longer conversation. 
Wilder Fury, I've asked it to Eddie. Obviously, Joshua's going to fight probably Pulev because that's his mandatory. But then, ultimately, and predictably, the, the question that everyone wants to know then is, well, the winner of Tyson Fury and Wilder, surely that's the primary target to make after, you know, all the obligations are the way. Dylan White situation as well, because that's, at some point, the WBC are going to have to decide what they're going to do. I, listen, Dylan White is not going to get Deontay Wilder. He's not getting that fight. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. I mean, they'll, they'll end up making him but franchise. They have to and, do and, something and now, considering what's happened with this UCAD situation now. Obviously, Hearn's going to put pressure on WBC. Yeah, he'll, to, he'll, he'll get, he'll get his something. man. He'll get his shot, but it won't be against Dylan White. Uh, it won't be against Dylan White. Twenty twenty-five. Yeah, it's just, it's just not going to happen. No, and, and I think, I think AJ comes from Pulev. Um, the winner of Wilder and Fury. Yeah, it's often because we've seen now with AJ getting beat with Wilder. Losing every round and then and then catching catching Ortiz, th- that fight could go because one could get beat again. This is this level way boxing. It. If anything, is to be learned from from Joshua getting beat when he did. Is this this division's unpredictable and you don't know what's going to happen. So so the, the the fight's massive. You don't need to cook it anymore. Just get it done. Get it made. It's the first opportunity we get now. Get it made. You would hope that would be the case. And and I think Eddie was saying, wasn't he? I caught the tail end of it whilst I was scouting around to see who else was, was uh, around for a chat that, that basically the reality is for that fight to be made they're probably going to have to they're going to have to give somebody 50-50 or, or nearly 50-50 even if they don't well, really Eddie believe Well Eddie just said he, he, he accepts that, that it. It, he said he shouldn't be 50-50 but it has, it'll he have said to be. but that's what it's going to take to make the fight then so be it OK well I think that's uh, that's a good place to to wind it up we've had a lot of people on this today I haven't actually No Christmas carols before we go Andy? <laughs> But if you would like to sing us a Christmas carol, that is that is absolutely fine. Which was which Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Is that your favourite Christmas carol? Go on, you hit me one, go on. It was Christmas Eve, babe. The post. In the drunk tank. And old man said Why to me, I won't see another one. And then he sang a song, the rare old mountain dew. Anyway, I have to do. You can't keep going. I turned my face away and dreamed about you. Got on a lucky one. Came in at ten it's to one. Matthew McLean. Go on, Anna. Um, sorry, I've got Dave's sword throat. Well, listen, that's my excuse. Come on. I can't sing to save my life. I can't sing to save my life. Andy? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't well. do this. It's absolutely impossible. <laughs> no, she's ready to go. I'm not. Go. It's not quite Christmas yet. Give me a couple of weeks. Anyway, I think I think Macklin's fairy tale of New York is, is 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 the way is is the way. To right, I'm going to hand this back to you. That was. I want to say nothing. That was absolutely spectacular, and I really wasn't expecting that at all. But that is a good way to go out. We will have another one of these before uh, before Christmas, and and who, who knows? There you go. There you go. We will have another one before Christmas, and who knows what might happen because. Things have taken um, turns down some quite unexpected avenues during the course of the last hour or so, but that's generally what happens. 
or Matt Clitz take. We've had a great time in Saudi Arabia. It's been really good fun, a, a very memorable week. Certainly one that, that any of us who are here will, will never forget, I don't think. And I suspect we probably will be back here and it probably won't be too long before we are. So I hope you've all enjoyed this. I hope you've enjoyed the coverage during the course of the week. And we'll catch you when we are back in the UK next week or so. Sports Social Podcast Network.